0: Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello
1: welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, this is The Debate. Uh, we haven't got any football really to talk about as such uh, because of the winter break or whatever it is. Although, with the weather that's out at the minute, it's probably just a good thing. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. As you can see, over there, over there even... I have got Potsy, uh, and he's uh, afforded us some of his valuable, valuable time. Oh, don't start, don't start, <laughs> man! I'm here, I'm here, and I'm happy to be here. You are here, and down down here on this side, you might recognise the voice, but you'll now definitely see the face <laughs> because he's now got some lighting. Um, we have Corey. How are you, Corey? You okay? I'm good, Fergus. How are you? Yeah, very, very good. Good
0: stuff. And
1: um, back uh, for a is your second or third appearance, uh, Jerome? Third appearance now. Third, third appearance. appearance. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jerome is, is proper into the West Indian thing at the minute. He's um, got a magnum and apparently <laughs> <laughs> it put lead in your pencil. I did Irish, you know. I wouldn't know anything about this. But you can explain. Go on.
2: <laughs> I just
1: enjoyed a drink.
2: As
3: as it be, <laughs> Man, it's,
1: a, it's a drink, not a gun. Yeah, just clear it up. <laughs>
2: yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, I was always called an apple a day, but like, you know, you guys def-
0: no,
1: no, definitely <laughs> not an apple. <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, we have our idea is to try and do this in a half hour. I think with the topics we got, we got four topics. I think we might overrun slightly, but we are going to try and stick to as close as we can to half hour we have got a little bit of a window we've got four topics which have subtopics in them which are um the arsenal way what constitutes success um We're looking at fans and protesting fans um, and the divide among fans and and stuff like that. Uh, The transfer window changes. We're we're, going to touch on the transfer window changes and the fan experience, the fan atmosphere. So things like VAR, safe standing and so on. So you can see what I mean. We've got four main topics, but they do have branches off. So it's going to be a tough job to try and keep this in a little bit of control. Um, But let's kick off with... um, Let's kick off with what constitutes. What's the Arsenal way, and what constitutes success, Jerome? No pressure. <laughs> Ooh, well,
2: for me, growing up, obviously I grew up. My I'm a righty lover, but for me, it was defensive. Uh, we can't defend, and for me, it was one nil to the Arsenal. So until we get back to that, it's not going to go much forward. We we were a team that could defend. That was it. Home was a fortress, as I used to call it.
1: Okay.
0: Corey? The Arsenal way. I think if you asked any like millennial now and you said the Arsenal way, they're going to think of that golden era under Arsene Wenger. Um, Pass, movement, counter-attack, pressure, dominating matches. That's to me, that's what I think of when I hear um, the Arsenal way. Um, And I think even with um, Arteta coming back, he has said that he wants to get back to the, that way of playing, to, to have that arrogance in our play, that swagger, and to, to dominate teams and to put our foot on their neck and not let up for 90 minutes. So that's, to me, it's the Arsenal way.
1: Potsy.
3: I think this is a, I had a great debate with a few people about this in terms of what the Arsenal way is. And people always say, oh, we can't do that because it's not the Arsenal way. The Arsenal way for me is 10 years old. It's gone. The Arsenal way for the last 10 years, we haven't had a way. It's just been, at the moment, it's been hard to see what style we've got. Arteta's now come in and implemented a style, but before that, the Uno Emery way wasn't really any tactical understanding so I had this great debate about who I wanted after Arsene Wenger my number one appointment would have been Diego Simeone and everyone said we can't have Diego Simeone because he is not an Arsenal manager and this makes me laugh Because George Graham was an Arsenal manager who won 1-0 and 2-1, as Jerome's just pointed out. And that's what Diego Simeone does. And people say that he's defensive. Yeah, he would have given us defensive stability. But they score goals at Atletico Madrid. They've always had wicked players going forward. You look at them, they've had Griezmann in the past. They've had people from years ago like Torres, you've had Diego Costa, you've had Falcao, Sergio Aguero. They've always had these players that score goals. So I look at that and I think, well, would we really be complaining if we were top of the league by winning 1-0 and 2-1 every game? I certainly wouldn't mind it. So what is the Arsenal way and what brings success? Wins bring success. And it doesn't matter how you win a game of football, you have to win the game of football. And the way that we've done it in the past with Arsene Wenger may have been pretty and everybody wants to win the pretty way. That's why everyone loves Liverpool and Man City in and, and, and Klopp and Guardiola. But they're the only two managers doing it out there at the moment that are winning and playing pretty football. So for me, they sort things out and get ourselves winning football games and that will bring us success. So it doesn't matter how you do it. Just get that those three points, and that's what we're struggling to do at the moment.
1: Carol says um, the Arsenal wears ba- uh, 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 the top back four and a, a solid defence. Uh, is is that what Arsenal? Like you go back to the George Graham areas and stuff like that, and you talk about um, you know defensive displays and so on. I, I, is it that? Is it silverware? Is it European football,
0: Corey? You, do you know, I've sort of got to disagree with Dan. I think this is probably the first time ever, Dan,
3: <laughs> <laughs> that we
0: disagree. But I think when, when people do talk about Arsenal in a way, you're going to think about a time when we enjoyed our most successful period. And if you look at, like, say, the shirt behind um, Dan, it's Dennis Burkham. And it's those types of moments that we remember. Not so much the, the moments under George Graham as much, but, you know, the, the wonder goes by Dennis Perkamp, the Henri running half the pitch but, and scoring. Corey,
1: Corey, there was an Arsenal before Arsene Wenger. There I was know. an Arsenal before 1996.
0: There was, but what, when did we enjoy it the most?
2: Yeah, but we've got to remember, George set the basis for those teams to go forward. We can't forget that without that backline, would Wenger have had that stability for the first two, three years? So I hear that. I, I, but I think he works great going forward, but then defensively, we had the Arsenal way. But,
0: but when you think about the, the best moments as an yeah. Arsenal fan, where, what are you going to remember? You're not going to remember too much from the Joe Graham period. You are going to remember more the early Arsenal-Wenger period when we were playing that style of football. Titles. Yeah? yeah. I, so that's I, our golden think- period.
1: I don't remember. I know I am older than you guys, but I don't remember Herbert Chapman. But Herbert Chapman was class. He brought uh, uh, the tradition among teams that they walk out side by side uh, at games. He brought that from the FA Cup in 1935 uh, when Arsenal and Huddersfield played. He he managed them both uh, to the final that year. uh, Firstly with Huddersfield, and then later on with. with, uh, with Arsenal, um, you know, Arsenal exude, have always exuded class. People talk about the marble holes. People talk about it, it's more than, and, and Corey, I'm not trying to take away what you're saying and what you're, you're talking about is what you feel today, what is Arsenal. But I think this, it's a bigger question.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, just for the sake of this debate, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. You know, so for Jerome, the first thing that came to mind was the solidity at the back. Um, you know, one note to the Arsenal. That's what comes to his mind. What comes to my mind is Bull. Um with Dan. Obviously, it's uh, there is no Arsenal way. It's just we just winning. You know, so it's interesting how it does when you say Arsenal to three different people, it means three different things.
3: Mm. Mm. Me, I, think me- I think with me as well. I think what it is is I'm I'm more with Corey in the fact that I remember the Wenger years over the George Graham years personally, and I i agree with him on that. What I'm saying is the half of the question is the Arsenal way, and I'm saying that oh, the Arsenal way has not been for the last ten years. I'm never saying that it hasn't hasn't been there. It was yep. there under Wenger. And people were saying 49 undefeated playing football the Arsenal way. And I don't think we can say that we played football the Arsenal way for the last 10 in, in the last decade, in my opinion. I think there's been moments of, of glory, I think there's been great days at Wembley. But for me, the Arsenal way and the Arsenal style has kind of been lost, become lost over the last few years. And that's because we've lost a certain style of player in terms of our defensive midfield and our centre-back, which Vieira and Campbell have never been replaced for. And I say that in most podcasts. And because of that, we have this lightweight and different style of player in those positions, which has cost us most seasons. And that's why I believe we haven't ever been able to quite progress to that top uh, to, to
1: get back into the winning ways. And I agree. I agree with all what you've uh, all three have said. And yes, when we talk about playing football, the Arsenal, where we are talking about Wenger Ball and we are talking about the invincible, invincible era and so on. Um, I I, I just think I suppose I'm thinking what is the Arsenal is what I think probably more to me, which is the class, the history uh, and everything else. So, Jerome, anything to add on there? Do we need European football? Do we need to be winning silverware? Listen,
2: I've been one of those, and I've said it to Dan on many occasions. I've said it to many people. I believed if we've dropped out in any point in the last two to three years, our team would have benefited from playing less games. Um, I feel that we've suffered because of Champions League when we weren't good enough. Our squad wasn't good enough for Champions League, so we just suffered with playing extra games. It wasn't strong enough. Europa... This year, we're going to lose out again. Is the squad good enough to really compete for it again next year? We're not 100%. So, I think a season without it, we could go clean at the league. And I think it's the best chance. I've said it for years.
1: There's, there's, There's a slight tangent off this one. And I don't want to go into it too much because it's a little bit, you know, what if and what might happen. But... There, there, there's a big thing about Raul brought in for maybe uh, uh, his connections with the European Super League and uh, talking about there seems to be a big push for um, the European Super League. And and, and and that seems to be over the next four or five years, I can see we're going to hear more and more noise about that. Arsenal are 10th in the Premier League at the minute. Um, are we Super League contendants, Dan? <laughs> Fin- financially we are History
3: we are Performance and form Nowhere near No way Nobody would would want that And I think this is what I hate About this thing About Um oh, if, if we're not uh, in, in Europe, we won't be able to attract players. If we're not in Europe, we won't be able to do this. Man, people don't come to Arsenal to play Genk on a Thursday night at 6pm. People come to Arsenal because it's Arsenal. It doesn't matter whether you're in Europe or not. And people say to me, we won't be able to attract players. Liverpool were out of the Europa League and if it wasn't for a Gerard slip, they would have won the league. Chelsea were out of the Europe and then they won the league under Conte. So when people say, oh no, you're completely finished when you're out of Europe, Champions League affects you financially. In my opinion, the Europa League is just a complete waste of time unless you win it. And for me, we haven't been able to win that for the last two years. And for me, I don't think we'll win it this year. So I look at it and think it's getting in the way. Thursday nights means Sunday games. And with the European Super League thing, I look at that and I really don't want it personally because trips like Burnley away the other week, Ferg, which was top draw, that wouldn't (laughs) be happening, mate. We wouldn't be seeing that anymore. And just lastly, we've been in the, uh, the, the, the Champions League and we have managed to attract players. And look at what we brought. Javinio, Sanogo, Mustafi, Chaka. Come on, man. Seriously? We were in the Champions League and we bought them players. So when we're going to be out of it, trust me, we'll be able to get whoever we want because we're Arsenal Football Club. You don't even have to look far. Look at the Premier League players we could attract. If players go if if the teams of Watford, Villa, and Norwich go down, I take Max Aarons and Ben Godfrey from Norwich. I'd take um what's the name from Watford? Decore. I'd take Jack Greedish from Villa. I'd take Tyrone Mings. These players would all come to Arsenal. We don't have to look miles away. That lad that we're linked with today, that Pape Gay, supposed to be a cross between Kante and Pogba. He's in the second division in France. Same as Guendouzi when we bought it. So for me, I'm just wanting to like stop talking about this we can't attract players business if we're out of Europe because yeah. it's nonsense. I've just took, stuck Mark's
1: comment up. Uh, Mark Shout out Port- to Mark, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's it 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 just shows the sorry state we're in. Once we hit forty points, goal out for the Europa League or <laughs> the FA Cup. Rest players in the league. It's got a point. <laughs> you do, mate. You do. But part of me, things like if we got into the Champions League, I don't think we're good enough next season. And it doesn't matter how many players we add. I I think we're probably mm-hmm. two, two three years off um, getting into the last. 16, eight, uh, 16 or 8 in the in the Champions League. Go on, John.
2: That's why I think uh, we've just got Arteta. He hasn't had a proper summer. So I would prefer him to get a clean slate at the just go in with the 38 games rather than putting so much pressure on him with the extra Europa and Europe either way. Because we already know the squad's not good enough and well, are we going to spend that much and get rid of enough in the summer to cover both of them games again? No. Let's give Arteta a proper chance what? for...
1: Uh, that's a perfect segue into the next question, which is about fans and protesters. And it's a bit of a crossover sort of thing. Uh, Like there's a divide among some fans. And I know Jerome, you mentioned this, uh, that you wanted to talk about this. There's a divide among some fans about um, Arteta and um, Lee judges mentioned it on our message group, uh, Dan. And also I think he uh, mentioned it on, One of the video clips I'd done with him up in Burnley and he'd done it on Arsenal Fans TV um, about that, you know, people are starting to question Arteta uh, because the results aren't really going that way. You know, this divide. Jerome, it's your question. I'll leave you go with that.
2: For me, it's confusing because these same fans were willing to give Unite Emery who didn't really implement anything in the first 12 months were still willing to give him a chance at the beginning of this season. Arteta's had a month. So for me, it's really gripey to say, all right, get him out already. We're turning, are our fans turning into that? Then you're getting... I think what bugs me is, is it's the fans turning against each other more than anything that we can't have an opinion on the way we're going at the moment. We're not winning. Okay. Do we see a difference in Arsenal? I do. Yes. Um, if you don't see the difference, then maybe football's not
0: your sport. <laughs> 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 like it, like uh, it. <laughs> do you, know, do you know, I want to sort of because this is a debate show. I sort of I I do agree with Jerome, but at the same time, playing devil's advocate, seeing things on the other side. Yeah. I mean, no nobody is above criticism, and yeah. if you look at um, the influence that new managers have had at other clubs, and then compare it to what Arteta has done, Arteta can be seen as not being doing anything that great. Nigel so, Pearson, Ancelotti. So, Nigel Pearson, Ancelotti, even Jose Mourinho, um, you know, his first few games at Tottenham, you know, he, he really gave them that bounce. <laughs> Players like Deli Ali and, you know, others who weren't doing nothing before, all of a sudden just came alive, you know, just scoring goals, or winning games. Um, so out of all the new managers that have come in, Arteta has probably done the worst. Do you know what I mean? Like we haven't, we didn't get that new manager bounce. We didn't start putting do you know in great why, performances. Though,
3: yeah, do, on. You know, do you know why you think, why do you think that is? Because for me, that was the players that down tools on a manager that was hopeless, who just could not communicate with the team. And then he's had to pick them all up again. And he's had to then try and get them fit because they were unfit. This isn't just This isn't just his fault. This is the players I'm looking at now. Because I'm looking at him thinking, how is he going to tr- try and get these players that have given up Senior players, by the way, why is it? It's not a coincidence that the best players at the moment are the youth that want to be playing in that team, no matter where. We're my name's is Saka, and I'll play left back if you want. I won't sit there and moan about it like Mateo Niles. I'll get on with my job and I'll get straight into that team <laughs> and I'll prove myself. And that's why these youngsters are now looking at it and thinking, "Wow, because they're fit and they're ready to go." Players like Lacazette, Meza, Özil—they're all just like, "I'm done. I don't really want to be here. I'm, I, just, I don't believe in the manager. I don't want to do this." That's I'm why you've got player, these players coming. A player I criticize
1: heavily. Um, is Shaka, and you saw him at Burnley he had a stonking game Mustafi again a player we've all criticised and continue to criticise heavily had a stonking game Guendouzi mm. hit and miss but he, he, he's more hit than miss at the minute and I think mm. that's just something that's been built within the collective
3: That's well, one thing that Arteta has done is he's installed some confidence in the team and lifted them and I think that's the biggest compliment we can give him at the moment and the positives that we look at there are some positives without a doubt with Arteta in my opinion
2: Well, you've also got to add to the fact how many injuries we have once again that have hindered us. You know, you can't build no partnerships in defence because somebody's always getting injured. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right back, left back, centre back. So it doesn't help Artel. I'm not saying it's the best form because I would have wanted some wins out of there. We should have got more wins in those. You know, Lacazette just isn't scoring, and you know I'm a Lacazette fan. But yeah, ugh, I can't even. I remember. I remember Jerome.
0: He was like, one time we were like, who would you rather stay at the club, Lacazette or Bemi? And he was like, Lacazette all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to you remind know, you of that. You know I, what? I'm, I'm, I'm still with Jerome on that. I'd
1: probably have yeah. Lacazette because I yeah. think his work rate and what he actually does, he's okay. He's his confident. Confidence is shot to bits. Absolutely. Three goals away from home in in two-plus years, since 2017. is absolutely ridiculous. But I saw him at Palace the other week. Burnley he wasn't he he just he wasn't getting the service first of all um but he he's he's playing the Giroud role he's got his back to goal he's looking to lay the ball off and there's just nobody there to lay the ball off to uh, I, I, I like the fella i do like the fella um would i get rid of Aubameyang? Uh no but he's the one with the shorter contract he's the older one so you do get rid of him on that basis but listen we're not here to talk about individual players. What we're here to talk about is just generally around Arsenal. And we talked about the Arteta Emery sort of thing. Uh, and we talk about the fans and the fans getting among themselves. But fans and West Ham fans are, are talking about putting black boon, balloons up and stuff like that. And, and talking about fan protests. Do you think they work? Simple answer. Give us one sentence. And, Corey, I'll start with you. Then we go to Jerome. Then we go to Potsey.
0: They only work when everybody's on the same page, everybody's on board. Um, you can't have a divide. If the whole fan base is behind that protest, then yes, they can work.
1: Jerome?
2: I, I can only follow suit. Personally, we can't have a protest at the Emirates unless, let's say, how many away fans is there? 5,000. So unless 55,000 of us are all going to start, not go in, it's not going to work. Got to be
3: the reason, and uh, Jerome just touched on the word for me there, I was going to say United Fan, unite the fan base, and we can't do that at this club because we're so toxic, and unfortunately, we've got too many different people that want to do different things to protest. You've got people that want to go and shout on a screen at Arsenal Fan TV. You've got people that want to come on podcasts and have their opinion. You've got people that want to go to We Care Do You. You've got people that want to go Ashburn Army. What does everyone do? Slate every single one of those things I've just mentioned. They don't unite and do something together, and that's what frustrates me. People can sit there and shout Cronky out all they want but if they're not going to do something together to unite the fan base we're stuck with him for as long as you want to carry on moaning and the people that attend games and buy all the merchandise and buy all the food and drinks and then shout with their scarf they've just bought cronky out they're the
1: problem in fairness if 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 you haven't listened to i know this is obviously your your go-to podcast as guns and yellow ribbons but if you haven't listened to same old arsenal um listen to the last bonus episode they've done about um about crunky is he the right man and everything else we also have one i think it's an episode from january last year 2019 where i talked to uh tom sobel and we we touch on the um the la galaxy stadium and stuff like that so there's there are some podcasts out there The, the one i do for that one is is only uh on um Spotify and, 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 and audio only. It's not video. But have a listen. There's some really good ones out there. And, and you're bang on, Dan. The, 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 the fan base needs to be united. Um, and also, I think if the fan base united, we'd still have 25,000 in the stadium. Corporate people, tourists, mm-hmm. everything else. Go on, Jerome. you are going to say one last thing on that.
2: Well, this is... On us being united, we... <sighs> I, we're a long way off being united when, unfortunately, we have our own fans singing about other fans of our club at a match.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Just,
2: until we get rid of stuff like that, that shouldn't be relevant. Yeah. But until we get rid of that, I can't see us uniting to make a protest or make something happen.
3: Man, we're 2 up against Bournemouth and the fans want to sing Arsenal fan TV get out of our club. That is the problem with our fans. What is <sighs> going on? We're two nil up, and they want to sing that. They don't want to sing the two lads that have just scored our goals. They want to sing Arsenal Fan TV. Get out. That's that's an issue. That is a massive that, issue that, at our that, club.
2: It bugged really? me when I heard it, and it will bug me to every time I hear it. I I, I kind of chuckle like you idiots more than laugh at it. I'm laughing at them. Like, is that really what you've come to see?
1: They started again up at Burnley when we were up there, and it was yeah, me, yeah. you, Trev, all of us standing. There was five of us in a row. Not one of us joined in, did we, Dan? Nah, madness. Yeah
0: so
1: topic number three transfer window it's only gonna be a brief one they've changed the transfer window so for the last two seasons our transfer window closed the night before um the season started i actually thought it was a good idea but i think the whole of europe needed to um uh, finish on the same time we've now gone back in line with europe ironic since we've done brexit um <laughs> <laughs> <I like it>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we want a europe, europe. um uh, sorry the irishman and me. um so we've gone yeah, maybe, to the first of september do we think it's a good idea
0: Corey? you haven't spoken for at least 30 seconds go on <laughs> yeah it's a good idea it was um Putting us at, it's putting the Premier League at a disadvantage, like having a, a shorter window. Um, so, you know, it, like you said, it only works if everybody's um, on the same timeline. If it's just us with a shorter window, it creates more, creates more panic, um, you know, more panic buys and less time to do deals. Um, yeah, it just didn't work. I didn't think it would work when they decided to do it. I understand, understood why they decided to do it because it is a bit of a, when you know when you the team the league started and you think your team is settled and then somebody comes in and swoops your best player, um it can unsettle things. But at the same time, it like I said, puts you at disadvantage. So yeah, good thing for me. Anybody else think anything
1: different? Because I think that's probably bang on, don't you think? I think it is. Yeah, I think it's the same all round. But what I
3: will say is, I would rather personally it finish before the season is to go ahead, but everyone needs to do that. Yeah. So what I don't like is when you kick off and you've got three games um, and this hasn't happened to us, but it could do and we say have a Bamiang for those three games and then he goes to Barcelona. It's like, man, you've started the season for us with three games. You've scored the goals in our games and now you've gone. So I don't and like that. And all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you start the game, you, your first game, you should be there for the whole season, not part of it. So unless obviously it's the January uh, January window. But for me, that yeah, I, I'd like it to be before, but all the Clubs need to follow suit. Uh, sorry, all the all the teams need to follow suit in Europe. Uh, they
2: Follows do, around. but then at the same time, I think I just blame my own club if someone leaves after three games. Good point. More than anything, more than anything, the transfer window, when it shuts and when it opens, it's down to my club to make sure that Abamyang Lacazette, whoever we want to stay, isn't going within that time it's open.
0: But well, but but I think that's a good segue into player power. I think Fergus wants to talk about. Yeah.
1: I yeah. Didn't have it on the list, but go on. Yeah, oh. go on. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> go on. it was. It was on one of the lists, but we. Yeah, yeah. but carry on. It, it does. It's a good segue. Well done, Corey. You do this for a living, actually. You know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to take your job, Fergus. Yeah, yeah. I've
0: yeah. <laughs> clothes on. I've got them on tonight. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean. There's only so much you can do though when, um, if a Bamiang or someone does start for three games and then Barcelona comes knocking, that player wants to go, he's gonna go. Um, I'm I get I'm sort of I flip flap between like player power and you know, and respecting contracts and whatnot because if I think about myself personally, I wouldn't so I wouldn't want someone to hold me back or keep me somewhere that I didn't want to be. So, as much as I've said on the contract, when an opportunity comes knocking, I want to be in a position to take it, you know. So, but at the same time, if I have signed a contract for, for three years, then I should be expected to honour it. So it's a tricky one for me. But would it work?
1: Yeah. Would it work if, as Richard said, like once the season starts, that players can't leave a club or come into a club? So uh, if somebody does tap up a Yang and our, our transfer window closes on The eighteenth of August or the eighth of August or whatever it is. Sorry, you haven't done your business beforehand. We're 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 done. I think that's fair. I think
2: that's fair. Hmm. That could work. Yeah. I think that's fair. (laughs) Sorry, job done. (laughs) It's easy (laughs) enough. I think that's fair.
1: Listen, player power. You talk about player power, Corey. I, I don't even think it's player power. I think it's agent power. Agents are just well there were agents and now there's agents of agents of agents of agents. So like you can have four or five uh, agents involved in one transfer. Uh And the, it literally is like, I'm trying to think of an, an analogy, but oh, I don't know. It's just like fencing off. Everybody's just gone, oh, I, I heard this is on, on the cheap. If I can get this for you, would you be interested? And it's just, it, it, it's that. And there's so many people involved and they're all in it for 10 grand, 15 grand or. 10, yeah. Say, but I mean,
0: But ultimately, they're acting in the interest of their client. So, you know, if if I could have an agent or two agents, but if I'm happy at Arsenal, then I'm not going anywhere. I said, no, I love London. I love playing for this club. That's it. So, you know, it starts with them. I love to believe that's true,
2: but we lost Aaron Ramsey. And let's not even start... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but Aaron Ramsey's getting paid 400 grand a week just to like, like get his back massage that
2: I know, that's... but he's he's about to get sold, so let's not start.
0: <laughs> yeah, but look, for this whole season, he's been getting 400 grand a week. If my <laughs> look, if 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 anyone can get me that amount of money a week, no, but like, that's why I say it, that's
2: player power. That's player power. Because look at Ozil Sanchez, they've done that. That is the player power you're talking about, though. You know, being able to get those contracts. Mm.
1: And listen, you know, I, I listened to some stuff on the radio about um, on Talk Sport today and, and Aaron Ramsey and Ericsson and, and they're talking about the atmosphere uh, within the, um, the Milan derby and they're saying they've never experienced the atmosphere that they had in Italy because it was different. They're all they're going up where they are anyway, but it is different in, in some of these European um, uh, venues. And you, you look at. Uh, our experience um, in the stadiums and brings on to our last question, which is covers the likes of safe standing. It covers VAR being an away fan. Um, Mark Olden in the comments, he sent a comment earlier on and uh, Dan, you'll know about this as well, because we've got a friend who's had a, a similar experience of the excessive um, penalties that they, they they put on on some fans i don't know the whole details on mark's one but if you're on the facebook chat have a read and he'll put some more stuff in there but the excessive penalties uh to people for setting off a flare are mm. you know um the, the 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 other things like if you look at the away fans if you go to newcastle got a sunderland away uh you're up in the gods sunderland is like 10 flights of stairs uh to get to your seat um you look at the way the league treats fans in the sense of var that if you watch on tv at home you can see var but if you're in the stadium you're a hooligan you're going to break into fighting uh uh, so we can't show you anything You're, you're not intelligent enough to make a decision to go actually the ref has got a point on there um safe standing yes okay back in the 80s and with the terraces and so on um The standing was an issue and there's lots of issues around Hillsborough and stuff like that. But safe standing um, is working at Tottenham because they've got effectively safe standing in their their, um, south stand. It works in in Europe because I've been standing and safe at Dynamo Dresden. we're, We're treated like crap.
3: Yeah, man, this this is a frustrating one for me. Safe standing. Fergus, we've been to the Emirates for twelve years now. How many times have you sat down? I
1: ain't sat down once at a game. Once. It was Doncaster in the League Cup. I decided to book my own seat and there was none of you around. You all you all decided oh, I ain't going to the game. I ended up turning up with my brothers. And at the seventh minute, I decided to try and get some atmosphere. And I tried to try to do um uh, a rocky roll castle song and i went oh rocky rocky on the seventh minute and some guy down in in rob webb's seat turned around right oh, leave it out different era so a complete different <laughs> <song>. what <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, um, no. You know, but amazing. no you
1: are right i have never i'm block five row nine i, I don't have a i don't even know if there's a, if the cushion is even light red dark red because it's it's <laughs> never been down
3: See, this is it, and for me, I just think that that needs to be sort of sorted. To be fair, every, we're lucky in that section because we can stand and we don't get told to sit down. The stewards started to in the first few years, and then everyone, yeah. when they did sit down, everyone said stand up. If you have ate Tottenham, and the whole ground stands up again. So they just gave up. So I totally get that there's not an issue there. You can just stand; you don't have to have to sit down. But that one for me is definite. The one that really frustrates me, and I know will frustrate the boys, and, and definitely you, Ferg, is the VAR in the ground. No one has a clue, so that has to improve. Because we're paying to watch something that we have no idea what's happening. And it takes so long. And then it feels even longer when you're at the ground. And that's the one for me that needs to change. Because we are the, the kind of, it's the only kind of sport at the moment. You don't know what the hell's going on. And the other thing, you can't bring beer into the ground. But you
1: can if you go to Wembley and watch the rugby. So they're the things that frustrate me the most. The killers are playing in, in the Emirates in the summer. You'll be able to bring your beer in then. That's what I mean. Crazy, exact- isn't it? Well, you went to Wembley to watch um,
3: I mean, who was it you went to watch? Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> and you was allowed
1: to bring beer in, yeah? And yeah, my dog Shep was dying, so I was allowed to have a beer. <laughs> 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 oh oh yeah, my god I, I actually went to the pub and said, oh, all right if I bring my beer in?" And he looked at me like I was a freak. He went, "Yeah, of course you can." So <sighs> it, it's again down to the it goes back to my original point is we're treated like we're just hooligans. We're not. I'm not a hooligan. I'm far from it. I, I don't get involved in anything like that. I'm a professional. I, I work in a, uh, a very professional industry, as you do, Dan and and lads. We 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 do proper jobs. We're not out there knuckle dragging. And we go there and we talk about football. We talk about lots more things than just oh, I don't, just the FA and 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 they need to just. Oh, I'm going to get wound up. Go on. You carry something else. <laughs> Corey, there's what? Corey,
3: you—I know you're not been to as many games, man. But that um, VAR thing is a joke, mate. No one knows what's going on,
0: mate. It's like you know what—I was all for VAR when um, they first sort of introduced it, because I my opinion was, you know what, in terms of like top level football, um, you can't. There's so much money in it. There's so much, you know, consequences of a wrong decision that you can't afford to to leave that just to you know a linesman and a ref. We need to do something a bit more. So when they started, when they talked about VAR, I was thinking, okay, yeah, good idea, but the implementation of it and you know the reality of it is is not great. Um, But I I don't want to complain about it too much because it is the first year um, that we're using it, and things do take time to get you know refined and adjusted and whatnot. So you have to see what goes wrong before you can fix it, and I think everyone can see what's going wrong with it. Um, So they're going to have to do something about it. And as long as we see some improvement with it next season, it's still not something I'm against, but it definitely needs improvement. For me, um, it's the
3: rules, though. It's not the actual VAR, it's the rules. I don't think the VAR has actually got much wrong because VAR, if you look at the law... VAR is just saying, oh, this is the law, so <sighs> we're going to have to give it. So when it comes to the actual laws about handball and the laws about what is offside, that needs to be more black and white. So handball needs to be blatant handball and offside needs to be if a part of your body's onside, the goal's given. Agreed. And then everyone Agreed. knows what it is. Sorry, no, Jerome, you're thinking, trying to
2: come in. No, I was, just, I was thinking they just need to be consistent because you'll get one goal allowed one week where it hits someone's arm, Liverpool, and then you'll get a goal the next week where the ball's headed into a hand and it's not allowed. And it, you know, there's it, there's no consistency, and that's where yeah, I think my it's it's
0: it still human error. Yeah, still human they, error. They, 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 exactly. But They need
2: to be. Yeah, but they need the same every week. If it hits the if you're going to give one one week for hitting the arm, the next week it needs to be exactly the same. But, you but, can't but change but the, it all. the
1: rules. The rules were for clear and obvious issues, like clear and obvious errors. And mm-hmm. I think it should be like in rugby in a lot of ways, but even if we're not going to see it on the screen because I think we're Neanderthals, yeah. that it's the referee that calls it, not the mm-hmm. guy in Stockley Park. The referee should go, can you look at how what's four reds doing? You know, did he handball? I'm not sure if he handled that ball or not. If he doesn't call it, the game carries on. Unless the only time I think they should interfere is in the situation where Chamberlain was getting sent off where it was a complete mistaken identity that that you know was <laughs> comical but um <laughs> but but that is where you got ref you've dropped one honestly you've really seriously up there like you know and, and and i think i think then but the majority of cases uh you you both uh, you've all said it that it, it's the rules more than um than VAR itself and it's the execution of those rules that's causing the issue I'm with you Corey I, I, I'm i pro technology I'm pro getting the right decision I'm pro giving another year but the need to sort out what you said Dan and what you said Jerome what they need to sort out getting the rules right that it fits the technology the rules that they've got um, were for uh, a liner looking down the line going he's offside but when you have got a fuzzy and, and also the final thing on that one also, they're not using the best quality picture they can get. They're using, uh, I think, is it a 25 frame per second picture where they could get a 50 frame per second picture. So they're using, like, standard def where they could have ultra HD. And I, uh, the, the example I always cite is Sheffield United against Spurs with a goal ruled offside. Oh, you see it's foot. It's just fuzzy as hell. You know, that's his moving foot on TV. So you don't know if it's onside or offside. And it was only that much anyway. But also, so. this
3: clear and obvious thing—that's black and white straight. That's a grey straight away. Because for me, clear and obvious should take two seconds to look at and go, "Yeah, that's clear and obvious." Blimey, not this. oh, do we think the minute they say, "Do we think it's not clear and obvious?" Carry on, play on. Why is yeah. it we take five minutes to then carry on looking and go, "Oh, I don't know about that. Is that toe offside there? That's not clear and obvious. Just let it go." Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh. I, I, it's been used. To, sorry, Trum, It's no, go, been go, used. Go, go to it. It's been used a lot more than I thought it would. I thought it would just like you said, I think there would be like a a major incident in the match and they're like, Okay, let's go to VAR. But they use it for everything, any little thing. Even like, oh, how did this if this player approached the referee wrong? You know, they're looking back at that. It's like I think in other in other sports when they have video assistance, you know, there's a certain only certain amount of times you can actually call for it to be used. I think we might need to do that. that. Somebody
1: Carol Carol said use the cricket way, which is like I think you get I, I don't do I'm Irish, I don't do cricket, but um uh <laughs> only when we win. Um but uh I think you get two coals to the umpire, so you can uh, you know I I don't know they, they, but there, there are a limited I it's, number I think it's the same tennis, tennis, tennis. Tennis. Yeah, it, tennis is yeah, the same yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah. American American football's the same. You can uh do uh, uh, two calls and stuff, oh, man. Like. That takes long enough. American football, Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I think. Look, VAR, we've talked about, I think, on it must be every other podcast that we've done this season. It happens every week, <laughs> yeah. And, but there are games, I think, it's very ref dependent. If you look at Mike Dean, Mike Dean doesn't, as much as we all, as Arsenal fans, it's in, inbred into us to, to hate Mike Dean but he's a guy who actually likes to referee old school and he doesn't actually call in VAR that often. And you've got other referees who are less confident. Uh, Oliver for, for one who's meant to be the best referee in the, in in the country. Um, He's called on VAR four or five times in a, in, in a game or letting VAR control him. So I, I think there's a lot of changes need to happen and they got to, they have to, when they look at those changes, I think they need to consider the fan who is paying, um, to go to see a game, game games like people go on about the price of season tickets, and they say like Arsenal the most expensive season ticket da, da 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 whatever you know that's irrelevant. You make your choices, you buy your ticket, but we create what makes Premier League as good as what it is. We create that atmosphere, we create that rivalry, we create that brand that is. Um, uh, Premier League football, the people all around the world. We've got the best football on the pitch. We've got the best stadiums in the world. And we've got the best, not always the best fans, because some of the the Germans and Italians, when they go nuts, are are amazing. But overall, it's the best experience for people to see uh, um, football. So they need to consider us because there's more and more people, like us four on here, who are going, you know what? I might as well stay on the pub and watch it with my mates because it's not fun in, in, at, at the football anymore.
2: Mm.
0: That will definitely be problem. Hmm. Definitely coming, but but like you said, who is who's who's listening to the fans? Nobody. No one. <laughs> Nobody.
1: Listen, hopefully people have been listening to us. We've had quite a few people in the comments. Um, We haven't put loads of the comments up because we've been talking quite a lot. Uh, But I'd like to thank Kieran, Paul, Carol, Trules, who's joined us late. Um, Mark, with your question, people will be able to discuss it in there. Richard, Ben, uh, Dave, Raoul, that's lots of you. If I've missed anybody, uh, I apologise, but thank you very much for joining Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, This has been The Debate Show. With Jerome, woohoo, Corey, Potsy. I think you're going to make your uh, your next appointment, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'll jump on him after this. Uh, if if you want to carry on watching he's on same old Arsenal, uh, which will be on YouTube straight after this. Uh, the last thing I'd like to say beforehand, uh, Johnny from the North Bank has asked me to um, point out anybody uh, that um, there's a guy called Jake Core, um, C O A R E. So Jake Core. 14 on Twitter, uh, he's put something up about mental health mel- mental health awareness week, and there's a walk on March the seventh. It starts at 11am at the West Ham Stadium, and they're going to walk all the way to the Emirates Stadium. It's going to take a couple of hours. So if so many uh, people are into that and, and they want to do that, uh, uh, hook up with Jake Core 14 on Twitter and some others on there. It's also we're tagged on Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Uh, on it so um, if you fancy doing that um, join in you. <laughs> you have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans guys I thank you very much for your time uh, enjoy the rest of the
0: so called winter break up the arse cheers boys up the arse cheers. cheers thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.